Welcome to Compassion, Courage, Consolation, Voices for St. Vincent's during COVID-19. In this podcast, we're going to be talking to people who love St. Vincent's, love our staff, and love the service we provide in health and aged care. Some of our guests will be staff, some will be leaders, some will be members of the community, and we'll even have a few Sisters of Charity join us, that great group of vowed religious women who started St. Vincent's nearly 160 years ago. Our health and aged care ministries and those who serve within them are facing an extraordinary moment in human history, the COVID-19 pandemic. This series has a simple purpose in this context, to console you, our staff, who serve in our organisation, through taking some time to pause and reflect, to bolster your courage, and together to cultivate the compassion we need for each other and those we serve at this time. And whilst prepared for St Vincent's, we're sharing this series with anyone who might find it helpful. If you're joining us from outside of our services, consider yourself part of the family. You are very welcome indeed. My name is Dan Fleming. I lead ethics and formation for St Vincent's. And in this, a trailer episode designed to give you a sense of what to expect from the podcast, I'm delighted to be speaking to Dr Lisa MacDonald, our group mission leader for St. Vincent's Health Australia. Lisa, it's wonderful to have you on this first trailer episode today. Could I ask you a question to kick off with? When you look at this moment in time for our services, what do you see? Hey, Dan, it's really lovely to be talking with you. Thanks for this opportunity. Uh, Great question. What do I see? Um, Actually, what I see is uh, us doing or our people doing what they've always done, which is assessing the need and responding to it with great skill and with heartfelt compassion. Uh, I see uh, attention and devotion to understanding what that need really is when currently the extent of it is unknown. And, in fact, there's a growing expectation that it will be much bigger than we expect. Mm. As the needs becoming clearer, I uh, also see genuine effort to assess and respond by using our skills in new ways. So, I mean, you know uh, what the kinds of things that I mention, and so this might be my language rather than others, but when we think about the word ministry, which is where a ministry of Mary Aikenhead Ministries, um, That word for me means intersection between need and gift. Mm. And so we're assessing the need and we're responding with our great skills and talent and love. So I actually see this moment as pure ministry. And in that sense, Lisa, it's a, a continuum of something we've been doing all the time, albeit in a radically new circumstance. Exactly. That's exactly how I see it, Dan. Yeah. And, um, I think when we think about things like uh, the many years we've spent in hospitals or aged care or even in the last few years as we've undertaken formation, it's it's for such a time as this, uh, people are prepared to, to uh, serve with uh, heart and, and sacrifice and I can see uh, that we have been uh, ready or getting ready for this for a long time, even though we didn't know this would be the shape mm. that it would take. 
Yeah. And Lisa, you've been working with St Vincent's for a long time now, holding leadership positions at our Sydney Darlinghurst campus and also at Melbourne Public Hospital. And now you're on our executive leadership team for the group. In that time, you've encountered a lot of stories. And I know, and many others in the organisation know too, that you're a great storyteller. What story comes to mind now for you that holds together compassion, courage and consolation that might be a gift to our people at this time? Oh, I love stories. You already said that that's something that I love. Uh, that's true. And these stories are, are our stories. They don't just belong to me. And I'm really aware that there are thousands of these happening every day. But I've... Um, been thinking about the some that have stuck with me over the years. I've got two, Dan, so I'm going to go a bit rogue and, and do go two for stories. It. Hope that's all right. Uh, one's uh, when I was working at the Darlinghurst campus and the staff received a letter of thank you from a family. And what that was was that um, uh, around the corner from the Darlinghurst campus is the Sacred Heart Church in Darlinghurst. And if you've ever been there, they've got really big set of steps leading up to it. And how they, how this story starts is that an elderly woman, probably in her late 70s, uh, was walking up the stairs to her daughter's wedding and fell down them and fell down them and, and hit her head, uh, was a bit bruised and, and, and bloody from that and, of course, presented at our emergency department mm. around the corner. And the team obviously put in place any tests she needed, scans, attending to her wounds, but they also picked up that she was distressed because she was going to miss her daughter's wedding. She'd flown in from the country as her beloved daughter and she was distressed about that. So what I loved about it is that uh, in addition, they were able to assess and realise that she wasn't injured and could uh, could be released. Uh, but they made sure that whilst the test results were coming in, they'd set up a makeshift um kind of beauty salon in the back. They'd arranged for her dress to be cleaned and pressed um, and they did her hair and they uh, attended again to her makeup um, and then they were able to get her back to her daughter's uh, wedding reception. Wow. So she was able to see her daughter dance for the first time with her new husband and uh, the thank you letter was just so uh, heartfelt and I can just think, I just know that's what our staff are doing all the time is thinking about the whole person and they didn't miss the fact that so important with this woman was being able to be there for that moment. And I'm really proud that they made that happen. That's when extraordinary. It's great, isn't it? I mean, years, years ago before we had more storytelling, for, storytelling forums, mm. I'll get that right. That's amazing. Um, we used to share that story all the time. Can I, have we got time for my second one? We do, absolutely. Uh, the second one's a longer term one, and this is when I was working in the Melbourne Public Hospital um, back in the days when they all still, uh, when the government had mandatory detention for people seeking asylum. Um, I remember being the director of mission there at the time, a role that's beautifully occupied now by the wonderful Marg Stewart. And uh, getting a call from the team on rehab who said, you know, we have a woman here we, who is so... Uh, upset about having to go back to mandatory detention on that for her in her case it was Nauru um, we we and we wonder about, we were we're in distress about that we want to care for her um, at this stage this woman had um, you know she had neurological conditions she also had physical uh, restrictions etc and she wow. wasn't getting any better 
and and she wasn't getting any better because because she was an asylum seeker not able to be released mm. into the Australian community she had guards at the side of her door 24 hours a day and uh, that just seemed so incongruous uh, for our uh, team there the nursing team the pastoral care etc that it didn't allow her the dignity to she could she felt like a prisoner all mm. of the time and so the beautiful thing that happened was a long effort. This, I want you to think about this was over a year that she was there in that place, it incapacitated and, and feeling her dignity was compromised. But the team, the nursing team, the doctors, the executive team all worked tirelessly to advocate for her to be able to re be released into the community where a couple of members of her family were actually. She wasn't allowed to, but they advocated for that. Before that was achieved, though, what they sought to do was to have the guards removed and they put in new procedures and policies, etc., so that the government was able to trust St Vincent's with that work. And I was there the day that the guards were removed and it just felt like any other day somebody came and dismissed them from their post and they just picked up their bags and headed off into the sunset. But in the meantime, it wasn't lost on any of us that in that room behind us was a woman whose shackles had been released. Wow. And so uh, I get shivers when I think about that now too. And after the guards had been released, this beautiful young woman uh, was able to improve in her health and well-being. And a couple of months later, um, I remember getting a call from the NUM who said, we've just got a call from um, the Australian Government or Border Force. Uh, she's going to be released into the community. And I, I can't, I know you're not supposed to run in hospitals, <laughs> but I did, I did do a bit of a run. I ran from my executive wow. <laughs> office right down there and I, we were just kind of all jumping and then trying to look professional and jumping for joy. You know, it was such a beautiful moment. But the thing I love about it too is that uh, people visited her every day. Wow. People prayed for her, they connected with her, the pastoral care team connected with her families and that beautiful, beautiful team in the ward uh, really uh, came to know her as a person. And I just love that story. I love, it's, it's a real St Vincent story, I reckon, um, everything working in together, advocacy, mm. care, pastor, all the rest. Wow. So those two stories I hold dearly in my heart and, and give me consolation when I think about what's possible in our work. They're beautiful, Lisa. Yeah. Thank you for sharing them. And I know the folks listening will be thinking, can she tell more stories? So we might have to get you back another time to share some more of the great library of beautiful stories you have. I think what strikes me as I hear those stories is this sense that um, whilst they're in extraordinary circumstances, uh, in some sense, they're entirely consistent with what we're on about. So yeah. it's as if our DNA is activated in a particular way in this particular moment. Um, and yeah, they're just there's a common thread between both of them, even though they're they're both in entirely different kinds of circumstances. Yeah, Lisa, for sure. yeah, Lisa. What's your hope for this podcast? I really love that we're doing it um, because I think uh, people. Uh, come to St Vincent's for a reason, uh, to work here with us or to seek care with us. And um, usually it's because of our mission and our values. Uh, people align with those. And ultimately if we were to uh, put those values into a, into a sentence or one word, it would be about hope, I think, and being able to maintain hope. Uh, even in troubled times, especially in troubled times. Mm. So I love that uh, this, the podcast, I love the title of it. 
Um, and I especially wanted to uh, acknowledge that word consolation and it doesn't mean consolation prize. It means that thing that gives us, that helps us to settle no matter what else is going on around yeah. us. It helps us to have a little bit of peace in the storm. And I know um, that the people that you'd love to speak to, are, uh, you know, I've got lots of things to share. All mm. of us have something to share. But if people are able to listen for a few minutes uh, when they can and go, yeah, we're, we're still shooting to that North Star, uh, then that's that's my deep hope for this podcast. Mm, that's but wonderful. I've got a for you, Dan. Oh, really? I, well, you're switching yeah. the rules around. I don't know if that's allowed, but we'll, going, we'll let it go for the first one. <laughs> I'm going rogue. And uh, why, why this podcast and why now? What, what do you reckon? Oh, well, Lisa, it's interesting. I mean, the timing of, of um, this happening, uh, this pandemic happening, Never a good time for a pandemic, obviously, and it's thrown a lot of our different plans um, into chaos or at least pause um, in in different work and personal life and that kind of thing. And some of us, and um, for those listening wouldn't know this, you know this, of course, we're actually planning to do a podcast series with St. Vincent's anyway. And one of the things many of us know who have the benefit of being able to move through different parts of our services is how remarkable the people are who work for us. And we get to hear their stories and hear about them and the beautiful work that they do across aged care, across the private hospitals, across the public hospitals, out in the community. And we thought, well, wouldn't it be great if the whole organisation, and in fact the whole world, could hear some of these stories? So we thought, what? A, well, now that this technology for podcasting is available and relatively easy to use and so on, perhaps we could do an interview series where we sit down with our staff and hear about their remarkable stories, whether they're the bedside nurse, the, the clinician, um, whether they're the the um, the chief medical officer or the cleaner or working in hospitalities or a chief executive, whoever they are, how could we bring their stories alive? So that was our plan as of about three weeks ago. Um, and so it just happened that this equipment arrived and then all of a sudden the pandemic hits us. And so we kind of thought, well, Here's another chance to tell our story, but in a different environment. How can we communicate with our staff today in a way that doesn't take them away from the front line and the places where they need to be, but might give them something to reflect upon in times that suit them and give a voice to them that they might not otherwise be able to hear at this moment. So so that's why a podcast and why now. And I hope that as we start to build up our interviewees as we go along, uh, the group listening will hear from many different kinds of voices. So people like yourself, Lisa, other clinicians who are able to get a little bit of time away from the front line to speak to us about what's going on and where they find compassion, courage and consolation at these times. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, we have a couple of Sisters of Charity lined up already who are just dying to tell our staff um, how much they love them at this time and how much they appreciate their work and continuing this great ministry. So yeah, that's, that's the reason why a podcast and why now. Great. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> and We're I'm, aligned on that, Dan. Well, that's great. That's great. And I think we might conclude with just one more question to you, Lisa. Uh, and that is the question that we're going to end every episode of this podcast with. And it goes like this. What do you, Lisa, want to say to our staff right at this moment in time? Oh, 
Dan, I want to say what I want to say, then I want to sneak in another tiny little story, and then I'm going to say it again so we end on it. Go All for right? it. So what I want to say is at the end of your day, when you've realised that you've done absolutely everything that you can and you've done your best, await the results in peace and hand the rest over to God. And my story that goes with that is, you know, people sometimes ask me what what do I like most about Mary Aikenhead's story? She was the foundress of the Sisters of Charity, of course. And, you know, it's, it's not actually that she established um, the first hospital in Dublin for the sick and the poor. It's although that was magnificent. Mm. It's not that she um, established schools for impoverished kids, although that was wonderful. It's not that she visited families in their homes during the cholera epidemic. All those things are fantastic. She established the walking nuns. Many women followed her example. But actually the bit that I find most inspiring from her story is what people don't often know is that she was sick and largely confined to her room for the last number of years of her life. Mm -hmm. And um, during that time, she wrote letters and encouragement to people. But here's the bit. She had a moment, we don't know exactly how long it went for, let's say a couple of weeks, where she was inconsolable, where she had what others of us might think was a dark night of the soul, where you just, where it becomes all a bit overwhelming and you just don't know how we're going to get through this. And that's a part of her story, I think, you know, I can relate to that. Here's this magnificent woman who's done all these things and yet she was still so human about it. She was still so human. She she said, I haven't done enough. I could have done more. Wow. I just think that's how do you comprehend that? This yeah. is Mary Aikenhead. Look at all she's done. But she had that feeling that I imagine some of us might have in the coming weeks and months. Mm. I haven't done enough. I could have done more. She came out of that dark night of the soul, um, that inconsolable state, um, ultimately because of her trust in divine providence. She was able to do what I encourage all of us to do. At the end of the day, she realised that she had done her best and she would just have to trust the rest to God. And we all know the end of that story. God did a magnificent work and continues to do a beautiful piece of work through her uh, vision, her mission, and through her legacy. And that would be my word for all of us at this time, Dan. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you so much for your time today. I hope this has given our teams a taste of what's to come. And keep an eye out because the next episodes will be published very, very soon. Lisa, thank you again for your time. You are welcome. Have a great day. You've been listening to Compassion, Courage, Consolation, Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. The music for this podcast comes from Kevin McLeod, His track, Bittersweet, let us in, and you can hear his track, Touching Moments, one now. Kevin's website is incompetech.filmmusic.io, and the music is brought to you under the Creative Commons 4.0 license. All of this information and more is provided in the text accompanying this podcast. Thanks for listening.